Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Thursday, the 10th of November. I'm Derek Clark, and I'm joined by a, a full-strength squad at the moment, unlike Rangers. First of all, Joshua Barry. How are you doing, Joshua? Yeah, good, uh, good, Derek. I'm, I'm actually not at my I'm not at my full fitness today, but I'm soldiering on. So yeah. if, if Johnny needs to carry me through the show, that is why. That's the spirit. That's what we like change to see. <laughs> And Johnny's alongside us as well. Johnny, you were at the game uh, last night. What a win's a win and all that, as you say. Yeah, first of all, what I'd like to say is um, uh, I was watching yesterday, thoroughly enjoyed it. Someone said to me, um, oh, it was great having David on the show last night. Um, him ah. replacing you is like going from Pedro Cascina to Steven Gerrard's. So <laughs> I thought I was a bit brutal, to be honest, but, you know, I'll take it in my stride. Uh, the game last night was um, a struggle. Let's be honest, Derek, it wasn't a brilliant performance by any manner of means, but as Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was at great pains to point out in the lead-up to the game, all that really mattered was the victory. What I think is slightly worrying is there's a sense of flatness and, and a little bit of apathy that seems to be spreading uh, on the basis of recent poor performances. I thought Ibrox last night... Um, was not its usual self, not its usual boisterous self. And uh, the performance, I don't think did anything to get bums off seats and, and get things going again in that first half. Second half was a lot better. Uh, Josh is doing a piece on Ryan Kent today, and you can understand why, because I thought second half he was he was terrific. And uh, Malik Tillman has got something about him, even though he drives us Rangers dads mental. So there's lots to talk about, and and overall, you know, three points is the most important thing. So uh, a night's work, well done. Yeah, lots to pack in there, Joshua. Um, Rangers did get the job done last night, of course. I just wanted to touch on those comments Johnny made about Malik Tillman because uh, Neil McCann's comments about him were interesting last night on Rangers TV as well. He said it. He doesn't like his style. It's a lazy looking. He's not a fan of it. Um, he wants him to do more in terms of his body language. I think that's a fair assessment. Is that do Rangers fans just need to get used to this? Is how this guy uh, carries himself. Uh, he scored the winner last night. Um, could have had a, a couple more. He, he tested Craig Gordon. Um, uh, had an opening chance in the opening seconds. I think he should have pulled the trigger at the edge of the box. But um, this language style is this something we've got to get used to, or can uh, it, be beat out of him for for want of a better phrase? I think for a while it was the same with Aribo. You see it with other players as well. Sometimes it is, you know, the manager obviously had criticism from, um, you know, Brian Loudrop of all people at the weekend for his uh, body language. So maybe it's just a product of the fact that, you know, when these situations are happening and, and a club team isn't playing well, you focus on these little details. Um, there's no denying at points that Tillman doesn't help himself, I think, but also. For me, it's, I don't, um, you know, we've already pointed out, I think he's still making the highest number of pressures per 90 for Rangers. Um, I don't think he's a huge liability off the ball, personally. Um, I think there's times where he can work harder, yes, but the manager himself said a few weeks ago that he thinks he's improved defensively in that, in that regard. And, you know, it, that how many match-winning goals or match-deciding goals has he scored for Rangers already? It's still a, a, a young boy. I don't think he's the problem at the moment by any stretch of the, the imagination. I think he's suffered a little bit um, because of the situation he comes into. He's not coming into a team that's got a healthy... Um, that's in a healthy moment and he's got a lot of leaders around him who are playing well. He's suddenly, you know, 
the kind of attacking force, one of the two, three key attacking forces in the team, and uh, and has to assume that responsibility. So, um, yeah, he can help himself a little bit more at times. I also just think it's a bit of an easy, easy target, and and because he's a young player, because he's a bit luxury, he can become that that lightning rod. So, I will continue on my um, Malik Tillman defense crusade. I also agree that points he he could help himself, but I think if you look at his performance last night, what's the biggest detail that he scored the the winning goal and he arrived in the edge of the box and, and you know that was that was w- without him would Rangers have won the game maybe not so that's the, yeah. the biggest takeaway for me yeah and this point from Robert's an interesting one he says he has all the skill in the world but likely due to his age he needs to learn when to play with energy and speed and when to be composed listen this is the guy's first proper season in, in competitive football he has an awful lot of learning to do but he certainly has a talent Johnny doesn't he but, uh, what, what what's your feelings towards Tillman? Would you like to see him? Ranger supporters love a guy who, who, who a Daniel Candace type in terms of work rate. Would you like to see him improve that considerably? Well, I'm almost fighting against my natural inclination with what I'm going to say. I'm trying to be the balanced, fair, modern uh, Rangers observer who's kind of taken yeah. into account the quality and skill level that Malik Hillman has because there's no doubt he's a player. The kids would call him a baller. <laughs> yeah, they would. I wouldn't do that, guys. I would <laughs> never do that because I would look ridiculous using terminology like that. Indeed. Even ironically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a struggle, though, for me, I have to be honest, when I see him because he does have that laconic style. It's a cliche using that word, but it's what everyone uses, and it, it, it rings true. I would like to see a player with his talent just add that extra level of graft uh, I'd like to see him looked at someone like um, some players at the highest level who've spent their career grafting incredibly hard for the team. And, and that teamwork that makes them great is, is a key part of what they do. I don't think Ta- Tillman is so talented that he can just swan about. I don't think he's a Messi or a Ronaldo and he can basically play his own furrow. I don't think he's got that level of ability. But if he can add that, intensity to his game, I think he can really, really make a big impact and, and, and have a big career well beyond Rangers. The, the, the problem I have is, um, if you look at it from a from a purely dispassionate point of view, he does also win the ball a lot high up the pitch. Yeah. So he can look like he's being lazy, but like last night, I saw three or four occasions when he won the ball, and he's probably more effective doing it with those long limbs. He's got that Joe Aribo-style telescopic yeah. inspector gadget-style ability to just win the ball with a little toe poke here or a wee flick there. And he does put himself about in those in those moments. So I'm a big one on this. Let's, let's have a look at the data. Let's see what uh, it's telling us once we get into this World Cup break on Malik Tillman. Because I'm well aware that all the stats gurus like Josh are... Are, are big fans of what they're seeing from them. And it might be because these guys are more naturally inclined towards high skill level. Um, but I can see Tillman being able to offer quite a lot to Rangers as the season goes on. And if that infuriates guys my age who who want a bit of graft and a bit of um, a bit of passion, then we'll just have to get used to it because at the end of the day, it comes down to results. And if he's putting the ball in the back of the net to win games, then that's all that counts. But what I would just say culturally about Rangers, Derek, and um, I think that's an interesting point uh, that you make about um, Daniel Candias. Rangers' greatest ever player is John Gregg. 
a left back centre half, depending on what what game it was that he was playing in, who was known for his rugged ability, his passion, his organisation, his leadership. That's Rangers' greatest ever player. That through the DNA of the club is hard graft, commitment, dignity. Um, th- these are the elements that you would expect from a Rangers player. Um, and this is what I think the fans really respond to. And that's why Daniel Candias was immediately such a popular player because everyone in the Ibrox stands, whether he was having a good game or not, could see that he was sweating blood for the jersey, that he was getting stuck in. And that'll carry you a lot further at Rangers than, than it necessarily does at other clubs because that's in the culture of the club. Yeah, Just like these other clubs in Scotland who have a slightly different culture who maybe have more tolerance level for a for a player who wasn't carrying his weight. So I think he needs to realise that. And that's that's an important thing when you're signing a player, whether or not they fit with the, the overall culture, because you won't get the level of patience that you might, you might get at another club. The perfect example I would use just to illustrate this point finally before I let you, someone else have the floor, just Charlie Adam always got stick um, from the Rangers crowd. I remember it really well going back into the sort of Paul Le Guin era into when he when he first came through to the to Walter Smith days before he went off to Blackpool. And Charlie was capable of absolute magnificence. I think he was probably the most talented Scottish player outside of Barry Ferguson that we've produced, um, maybe up until Billy Gilmore. A wonderful left foot and, and capable of, of, of outrageous moments of talent. But he was also a bit wanting sometimes in his, his defensive side of the game. He looked a little bit uh, funny as a footballer just because of his gait, the way he ran. Um, and it wasn't because Charlie Adam wasn't a grafter, because he was. Um, and he wouldn't have had a career at the top level in the Premier League like he did if he wasn't. But what I'm trying to get at again is that idea of the culture of Rangers and and, and, and the type of player that tends to uh, annoy people like me and, uh, and, and a few yeah. other people in the crowd and... and and, and, and Tillman is just one of those. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to a few of the, the comments that are coming in. First of all, you get an apology here, uh, Johnny, from Jim McCarroll. Uh, says, good morning, lads. Uh, oh, yeah, apology, Johnny. I know I mentioned to you at halftime that you were in danger of becoming the Derek of non-European <laughs> games. So he apologises uh, for that. Good good news, yeah. the Rangers got, got the job done. Great uh, to meet Jim at halftime, Derek. First time I've sort of had a chance to speak to him. It was very brief, but good to see him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, good to have your, your company as ever, Jim. Uh, Scott Marshall, with an interesting point on Tillman, uh, it reminds him of Andy Murray a bit, can look knackered and lazy and can then turn suddenly and have a burst of energy and quality. Listen, I think it's something we've just got to live with at the moment with regards to Malik Tillman. If he continues to score winners uh, like he did last night, uh, then I'm sure that's going to uh, appease uh, the supporters. Uh, a number of other comments come in, uh, Joshua. Now, you're going to write a piece on Ryan Kent later on when uh, the stats drop from the game. Um, Fraser Campbell gets in touch. Hi, Fraser. Uh, dismal performance last night. Then Kent woke up like he'd been in a trance for the last few months. Um, I thought that the, the, the work he did to create the goal was superb. That was more like the Kent that we know he can be, beating three players, playing it to Barisic, who laid it on a plate for uh, Tillman to score. And it sort of did give him an injection of belief and confidence. Uh, he did beat Michael Smith on a couple of occasions before then, but in the main, it was pretty much the same old, same old from what we've seen of him. Um, I think that could do him the world of good, that, that bit of skill. Well, touch wood, it could, because uh, Rangers need more of that, don't they? 
Yeah, just just quickly, um, finally on Tillman, we'll, I think it's probably worth doing a piece on this, but all the pressing numbers that, that Johnny speaks about, whether it just be a general number of times he pressures an opponent, counter pressures, winning the ball back quickly, winning the ball back after the Rangers have lost it, Tillman is at the top or you know the second top of, of these charts. And, and what I think that shows is, yes, he'll probably have the odd even lapse in concentration or his body language won't help him, but maybe that sometimes discounts for when he does try it back into midfield and win the ball and Maybe a good example of that is when he first came in, in those games against Union and PSV. This this wasn't really, to my memory, a, a topic of conversation. It's more when the teams played badly, and I think the structure's been worse, and everything everything around him has been fun, uh, functioning to a, a poorer degree. It's, it's maybe been highlighted more. So, um, something we'll, we'll write about soon, I'm sure. Uh, Kent, it was a little bit like he'd been woken up out of a trance that second half. Um, uh, started writing a piece on him this morning, which will be on the website, which obviously you can subscribe to for just a pound. But I think it was, a, again, a little bit to do with the pace of play. Van Bronckhorst spoke about that after the game. He said in the first half we had ball possession, but it moved left to right, and um, that, that didn't hurt hearts effectively. It was too comfortable for him, which was interesting to see him kind of uh, recognise that, which has obviously been a big topic of conversation uh, this season while people have been branding the horseshoe. Kent, but when Kent got the ball from Barisic the second time, Barisic was playing a little bit more infield, so he's he's not receiving with a defender at his back. Um, he still had to go and take on uh, two, three men, but he attracts... The thing is with Kent, he attracts men, and he normally has two players on him. I think it's trying to use that to his benefit as much as, much as anything um, because he uh, released the ball at, at the right time. And then after that, it was clear to see that he was more confident because he puts one across the face of goal. I think Morelos or... It might be Morels at the back post. Someone should have, have put it in. So, yeah, good to see him have a performance like that, that he's not in a while. I think he, he's not held by the over-dependence on him in the first half. Epitomised that because all Rangers really had in their locker, I think, for breaking down hearts in the first half was getting the ball wide to Kent and relying on him to beat a couple of men, um, which is difficult, I think, when you know, you're know you doing that uh, and, and the hearts defence is set. When the game was a little bit more stretched, uh, he, he came into it and obviously provided that that moment of quality. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can maintain that because I think people have been waiting for that type of performance from uh, for a while, Derek. Even though when he's playing badly, I think he does keep going, he keeps trying. It was the same against Livingston. Obviously, the only reason Rangers didn't lose that game is because Kent eventually managed to to dig something out. So, yeah, the the, the reliance on him is not new. Um, I think Rangers, the, the right wing continues to be, you know, just the issue that it was last season that alongside a num- number of other issues, but good to see him perform like that. Yeah, Craig says, any update on his contract? No, at the moment, Craig. Uh, Little Alfredo Morelos is is, as we were with regards to those two, of course, out of contract in the summer. What did you make of Kent last night, Johnny? Um, For me, I thought he was probably Rangers' uh, best player. Uh, Again, first half, frustrating. Uh, They did beat Michael Smith, as I mentioned, a couple of occasions, but in the main, he always likes to do that check inside as opposed to just take on his man. I thought he had the beating of him if he, if he, if he took him on more often. Um, but I think his role in the goal was, was superb. Uh, and uh, like, uh, yeah, that's Rangers need more of that from us, particularly on Saturday, uh, where it's, they're going to be up at, against that St. Mirren, fight, St. Mirren side, sorry, they're going to fancy their chances. Yeah, I thought Ken uh, really came on the game second half, no doubt about that, was my man of the match. And I thought outstanding in the way he set up the goal. That was vintage Ryan Kent. A flashback to what we saw against Borussia Dortmund last season, the way he drifted inside um, after going past a couple of players and then just basically passing straight to Barisic, who was in a great position at that point because Kent had done so well to take the players out. 
which allowed the cross to go in for Malik Tillman. I think first half, Ryan Kent had a couple of moments. He wasn't as bad as a few people around me were suggesting. I think uh, he was. He never gives up and he always wants the ball and he never hides, which is a big factor, I think, in terms of how the team looks when they're not functioning properly because Kent will take the ball. Uh, James Tavernier is another one that does this. Even when the, the pair of them are not playing well, they kind of stand tall in a and on the pitch, in a sense, and are there to be shot down because the other players are, are more, I think, are more liable to to kind of um, take a step back and, and say, look, you're the, you're the big names in the team, go and, go and do it. Yeah. And that sometimes can make them look a little bit, um, a little bit put them under even more pressure, I think. But uh, I don't know if Rangers are getting the best out of Ryan Kent as a sort of chalk on the boots winger. I'm still not sure... Do you agree with this, uh, Johnny? That John Dooley says, uh, do you think he's unhappy not being allowed to play the, the number 10 role like he did under Stephen Gerrard? Would, would you like to see that? I thought Ken was absolutely fantastic in that 4-1 defeat of Celtic in the number 10 role where, I mean, Scott Brown, I mean, he basically retired Scott Brown, didn't he, in that game? Um, he just made a fool of him throughout that game. Um, you know, and that's what Ken's capable of if he's got a little bit of space to play with. And fundamentally... That's the problem with Ryan Kent, I think, in Scottish football. He's a player who thrives on space, and if he doesn't have space, he's never as effective. He's got great pace, he's got good trickery, but he's not the player to rack up numbers against deep-lying teams. It's just not how, he, how you get the best out of him. Uh, I, I think it's inevitable now that you'll probably depart. There's not many players that get to this stage without signing a new contract. Of course, in January 1st, he'll be able to chat to other teams and see what's on offer in the market. And it's not often the players at that point decide to, to remain at a club. We saw it with Conor Goldson, so we shouldn't ever rule it out. But that, that yeah. was very, very unusual. And we all said that at the time. We all thought that Conor Goldson's essentially had one foot out of the club. Uh, whether or not that'll happen with Ryan Kent or not, we'll wait and see. But it's never easy when you're coming to the end of your contract because... On a human level, Derek, there's all it's all very well to talk about being committed, but for all we know, Ryan Kent has some big offers lined up um, that he knows are coming in on January first. Yeah, and if he gets a, a major injury, then that could potentially kibosh that. So it's something that needs to be considered uh, whenever you've got a player going to the end of a contract like that. That's why it's just not it's not a great situation to be in. And I know a lot of people are frustrated that especially around Kent and Morelos, well, listen, if they weren't uh, going to sign a new deal, why are they still there? Why wasn't a deal arranged in the summer? But you know as well as I do, bids have to come in for players before you accept them. No. And, and it may well be, and I suspect it is, it is the case that, that neither player had any significant interest in the summer. And that's why they remain at Rangers. I'm sure a deal would have been done if it was uh, possible to do it because it's just not good squad management to allow players of their age and importance to the team to go down to to six months. But the one thing I would say is if you compare Ryan Kent to Alfredo Morelos, I think it's night and day. I think Morelos is miles off it, whereas Kent is forms up and down, but he's still overall performing. Um, yeah. If you look at his um, assists, I think his goal contribution is something like 0.6 per 90, something like that. It's not far off that. It's still... Numbers-wise, it's pretty good, even though his performances have been a bit shaky. But the whole team has been like that. 
Alfredo Morelos, I think, has got three goals this season, which for, for a, a player of his quality is, is just barking, really, isn't it? And last night he came on, I saw a number of people say that they thought he was he was excellent when he came on last night. I, I thought he was awful. So I, I need to watch the game again because it's people I respect were saying that they, they thought he had a good game. Um, well, I thought it was the I, game state more than Alfredo Morelos that changed. So... Yeah, I watched the game as well. I don't, I, I don't know where I seen a lot of that on social media that he had a good game as well. He pickpocketed uh, the Hearts boy uh, out wide uh, and played the ball into Arsfield. He drilled it in, uh, but apart from that, he fell over at one point, blazed one over into Rosehead. Um, yeah, he was taking up good position, perhaps. But Joshua, you, you, what was your assessment of Alfredo Morelos? I, I'm a bit meh after last night. I still think he's got away with long, long way to go to get back to anywhere near the Alfredo Morelos we know he can be. I think it was probably for me somewhere in between. Um, it, it, I thought he was better than he's looked in recent uh, substitute performances. Um, I agree that there was more space to play into, but um, that's been the case in a lot of games that he's come on to this season and and he's, and he's not looked uh, any good to me. Um, Trolak obviously started his Rangers career so well, so had a little bit of a, a dry spell over the last number of games. And um, I think just the benefit of, of playing into Morelos last night, there was a couple of times. There was one that that one moment where the, 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 the Kent's after his goal, when he could have provided another and he put a ball across the face of goal, that all came from Morelos taking the ball in to to, to, uh, to feet left foot switch of play. So I do think he was better than he's been. Um, I don't think he was he was terrible. Um, so so I'd kind of place him, uh, you know, some way in between. I don't know if he will start against uh, St. Mirren at the weekend, but um, yeah, as I say, I think it probably coincides with with Cholak being just a little bit off the boil. And in a game like that against a deep defence at points, he's not going to be able to um, link play in, in the same way that Morelos is. Uh, so even though Hearts opens up a little bit more, I do think that Morelos was brighter than he's been in recent substitute performances. But that is not the highest of bars. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't agree with either extreme. Is that way? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think Derek Morelos has earned a contract offer at this stage this season. No, I, no. And, and, and it's barking that I'm even saying that because I know what he's capable of offering. I know what he's done over the years. And if you told me that I would say that a year ago, I, I would have dismissed you as being ridiculous. But fundamentally, as it stands, in a situation where Rangers are still in some sort of contract negotiation, or certainly were up until fairly recently with Alfredo Morelos, the kind of money that you're going to have to pay out to a guy who's, what is he now, 26? I think so, yeah. And, and I think coming yeah. down the other side, potentially, already of his curve in terms of his development, I'm not sure he would be worth that 40 grand a week contract or that 36 grand a week contract, or, and I'm sure it will be in that kind of level of ballpark if he was to if he was to stay. I don't think he's earned it. I'd be interested to see what people say in the comments. I know that he's got real talent. I know that he's capable of great things, but has he shown any hunger? Has he shown any desire? Has he shown any fight, really, this season? I I, I know people love Alfredo Morelos, and, and I've long been a big fan of him. But this season, I just don't feel like we've seen it. And yeah. Rangers have to ask themselves whether or not a player who tends not to get going until September, October, November, depending on the season. Is that is that really what they want going forward? Rangers need players that are ready from the get-go. So yeah. I, 
I just wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't offer him a contract at this point. I would just say I think it's it's come to the point where I think it's best for all parties that Alfredo Morelos leaves and you're able to go out and use the use the, the wages that are freed up to go and get a free transfer player who's maybe a little bit more flexible, who can play up front in a two, who can play wide, who can um, play up front on their own, someone who can be a bit more open to different tactical variations that, that, that the manager might want to use, whoever that manager may be, um, whether it's Giovanni Van Bronckhorst or someone else. Yeah, um, let's get a few get to a few of the comments that are coming in, folks. Uh, Randy gets in touch. Didn't get a notification for this. Uh, I think you need. To, am I right in thinking, John? You need to click on the little bell thing. Um, yes, you do. Yeah, you need to. So first of all, you need to subscribe, and then yeah. there's a little sort of bell element to it as well. If you do that, you'll get a notification to your phone. But I would urge everyone who's on to subscribe. It's a massive help from us for us. Uh, with the channel and obviously every time we go live you get a notification and uh, we often go live uh, outside of the time that you might expect so we're on every day at 9 30 but we do a lot of shows around uh, big events as we did the other night after the st johnson debacle in perth we went live for an hour and you wouldn't be aware of that unless you were uh, subscribed and getting a notification so so urge everyone to do that and, and like the videos too because that's a big help in, in getting us and what we do to a wider audience. Yeah, top stuff. Um, some other comments that, that are coming in uh, at the moment. Uh, Joshua, what do you make of this? Andrew Webster says uh, it was a real hard watch. Was impressed with Scott Wright when he came on. Something to build on for him. I was impressed with him when he came on. Offered a lot more than Rabi Matondo. And lots of comments coming in with regards to him. Uh, another frustrating performance from him last night. Um, but Scott Wright, first touch was sublime. Uh, almost carved open an opportunity. Uh, I think uh, the shirt is his on Saturday, Joshua. Yeah, yeah, but how many times have we been here before? It's just, this, <laughs> it's just this cycle of the right wing where someone will play well for a bit. And Sakal, to be fair to him, obviously it's injury that he, he's dropped out, but he was very good for me at home to St. Mary in Aberdeen. Someone else will come in, and then someone else will come out of the cold and have a, a good 90 minutes or 45 minutes. And then Scott Wright won't play well on Saturday. And, do, do you know what I mean? It just continues so... Um, it increasingly looks like that's an area that Rangers um, are paying the price for to an extent for not addressing that and the money that they've spent on Matondo might come good in the future but in the immediate term has you know has not he doesn't look like a player who's who's absolutely ready now to, to go and make an impact um, you know the manager actually made a comment saying his contribution wasn't what he hoped post-match and I don't know what you thought Johnny but um, he was he kind of brought that up unprompted which was I think spoke to probably his you know, frustration with maybe the player is, is, is output at the moment. I'm sure it's not through a lack of effort, maybe just not, not happening for him at the moment. Um, Matondo, obviously, me and Johnny were speaking about it at the game last night when he came on in those old uh, uh, pre-season friendlies. And um, I think it was West Ham, wasn't it? He oh, he looked brilliant. Two assists in the goal. Yeah. yeah. And I obviously, as a player who has this talent that Rangers have, have bought and, and thought, can we unlock it? Maybe again the environment that he comes into doesn't help. I think he looks more comfortable on the the left hand side than the right, and we'll just need time to adjust. But at the moment, I think Rangers yes suffering from not having that ready now right wing uh, right wing option. So Saturday is a completely different game, and the kind of you know what I wrote this morning was that tonight last night almost doesn't really matter in a sense because until you go and win on Saturday, or you put a concerted. Um, yeah. run of games together because you know what the St Mirren game is going to be like. I think they're a better defensive side than, than um, maybe, maybe St Johnson looking at the results they've got at home. 
Stephen Robinson will have them really well organised. Half 12 kickoff. It'll be the exact game that Rangers hate playing, um, which is, you know, we're going to flood the box. Can you create chances? I'm already worried at the number of shots and the crosses they're going to be flooding in. So I think that's the big test. Um, Van Bronckhorst has said quite often, you know, it's hard to play against this style or um, explained why it's difficult to play against the low block. But that is that's kind of in the that's a job description almost domestically, isn't it? So um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. We'll see who uh, is on the right wing there. But yeah, I agree that that right did um, along with Arfield for me and, and Morelos. Thought the subs all lifted at last night helped improve the energy. Arfield at the break, I thought he just with his pressing and running and all the yeah, things. He demanded he more, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he made an impact, and that's what he can do still make an impact for, uh, from the bench. Yeah, uh, Randy gets in touch. He says hey, he knows how YouTube works. Troops, says <laughs> okay, no problem. Sorry, Randy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we'll get onto YouTube for. Uh, uh, not notific- uh, not giving the notification there, uh, Randy. I love this question. I want to pose this to you, Joshua. I just want just want to see your reaction to this from uh, oh, CRD. No. I'd try Divine right back and Tav right wing. I would shake of the head. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, you can just rewatch about three hundred <laughs> of the videos we've done <laughs> where I where we speak about this this question. Um, yeah, no, let's yeah. let's do that. Let's yeah. just, just I think Rangers just need to sign a left footed right winger and probably that would that would be nice. Yeah. But um, well, we've got a great scouting piece coming out on Friday, so uh stay tuned for that, folks. Graham Brown says, uh, don't think we've had a decent right winger since Dale Gordon. Uh there's one for uh, bears of a certain vintage. You won't remember him, uh, Joshua, but he was a, a disco Dale as he was known uh, back. I've had this on Claudio Kinija, that yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, he was a he was a, a top player as well. Um so, yeah, Rangers certainly, they have been blessed with, with good right-wingers in the past, but at the moment, uh, as a comment uh, a few comments ago said, it is, is very much like a right-wing roulette at the moment. Um, I wanted to touch on uh, this uh, comment coming in here, uh, Johnny, uh, with regards to Cholak uh, from Ian Campbell. What's happening with Cholak right now? Not doing what he was doing. How many games now has he failed to score? I make that eight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what's going on with Cholak up there? We were discussing this last night. It was the talk of the press room after the game. Uh, is Cholak underperforming or is he being isolated by the team? It's hard really to say, to be honest, because he 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 just isn't really getting involved in the games the way you would hope he would. But let's be honest, he was kind of like that a little bit in the games when he was going on a massive scoring run. He's yeah. a guy that if you give him a chance... Most of the time, he's putting in the back of the net, uh, or he certainly was. Last night, he had one very good chance. I think it was Scott Arfield, I might be wrong, played a very, very quick pass into his feet, which opened up about a yard of space. It was a tight lane, but it was enough to, for him to get a shot away, but he just directed it straight at Craig Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one chance I thought he probably could have buried. Um, I still think it would be low XG because of the number of players that were in his way. The, other than that, there's a, an overhead kick, which I thought yeah. was on. The minute I saw it, I thought that's on for him because I know he's a, a very athletic, but it was kind of high and wild and a, a very difficult opportunity to take, obviously. But we, we talked about Cholak and how he was overperforming his expected goals and, and probably we're just seeing a regression to the mean at this point because Rangers have never really fed Antonio Cholak the way that you would you would hope they would if you've got someone who's deadly in the box. He's always looked kind of isolated, but for a period there, he was scoring lots of goals with very few chances, and that's unsustainable. And without that 
level of support as a uh, simple Simon had a pie says. Yeah, aptly named. You're never going to be able to maintain that over a whole season. But <clears throat> Cholak, I think, is a is, is a good sign and, and someone who will score goals. But I'd like to see Rangers, especially once they get a lot more players back, try to kind of find a way to change the setup to allow more support for him. I'm not convinced with this one sitter, two number eights. I don't think Rangers really have. I don't think they really have the kind of players that, that are going to make that work. Um, I think it's kind of a bit of a hodgepodge, and yeah. I, I'd rather see a bit more structure to the midfield somehow. How how you do that? That's for people with better football minds than me. But yeah, fundamentally, uh, I think uh, you know Cholak is, is is going to be a good player, but. It's above a head scratcher at the moment. Why he is so lonely up there? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, but I think it's uh, six of one and half a dozen of the other. I think with regards to his current form, let's hope he gets back on the scoring trail on Saturday lunchtime. Uh, just before we finish up, uh, this point from from Craig. Uh, I wanted to touch on this uh, fantastic display last night uh, by the Union Bears. Uh, we posted a, a little video just prior to. Uh, the annual remembrance event and, and the minute silence, um, and the it was sensational. They certainly know how to uh, put on a display. Joshua, um, fantastic once again. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I didn't actually know it was going to be two stands. I thought it was just going to be one stand. So um, yeah, much like lots of the TFO displays that have been at Ibrox in the last kind of, I guess, especially the last two years uh, or last yeah. year with the European run. Um, <coughs> An absolutely fantastic sight. So, no, well done to everyone involved. Um, just on Cholak as well, I was just going to give you some numbers on him, Derek. He still scored at a rate if we take the 12 games um, or, or 13, 14 games, whatever it is in the league, based on the minutes he's played. So, obviously, he doesn't always play the full 90. He's often taken off in Reyes. Still just just under a goal per 90 minutes. It'd be about 0 0.9 after that uh, game yesterday. And as expected, goals uh, 0 0.5. So he's overperformed that by quite a margin. He's not had a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities, really. It's more been about the consistency of his finishing. Four shots uh, per 90, 10 touches in the opposition box. Um, last night was a game for me where... You saw this hold-up play isn't always brilliant. I think when he's playing in a, a packed penalty box, but um, yeah, he's, he's scored at a, a pretty ridiculous rate so far. Um, that's dried up a little bit. That's always going to happen. But I agree with Johnny. I think the more service you get him, it's not as if he has had, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of opportunities uh, of good high-value opportunities in, in the league so far this season. I think it's been more about his finishing. So. Um, yeah, obviously he was as well dealing with the disappointment last night of not making the Croatia Croatia squad. Tillman and Sands missed out in the US squad, so I think the only player going for uh, Rangers will be um, Born and Barisic. So you never know if that comes into you know a player's mind on a, a game like that as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, folks, that'll do us there. Thanks to everyone for interacting with the show as ever. It's greatly appreciated. Just a reminder, you can see the little ticker below and it's in the description uh, title box as well. Um, you can subscribe to the Rangers Review website for a pound for two months worth of content, practically giving it away. Uh, it's an absolute bargain. You won't be disappointed. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. We'll be back again tomorrow to look ahead to that match in Paisley. Uh, but until then, enjoy the rest of your Thursday.